been like a couple of weeks that we've missed. Yes, it has. Yeah. And and we had conference that happened, mm-hmm. which can be a really tender, sensitive time for people who have left the church. Yes, it can. And um, I know we kind of talked about it and you were very sensitive to some of the things that were said at the women's conference about mm-hmm. Heavenly Mother. Mm-hmm. Because it was exactly what we talked right. about that we knew or we thought was going to happen. In their kindest, prettiest voice. <laughs> The patriarchy says, that's enough. Jesus yeah. didn't do that, didn't worship Heavenly Mother, so mm-hmm. we can't, we can't do that. We shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, and he never said to pray to her, so we shouldn't right. pray to her. And it's, it's extremely hurtful to a lot of, a lot mm-hmm. of people. You see all of the backlash after is that she's not allowed to be in our lives. So, yeah, that was really hard. And then, of course, we have Elder Oaks mm-hmm. with his family this is what a family looks like, black and white talk that he always gives. Yeah, it's so, it's sh- same shit, different day. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Um, it reminds me of what you said. You you said you know they give us an inch and then oh. we expect a mile. You know the women of the church and mm-hmm. stuff. But this is why are we surprised? This is the patriarchy. This is what the church is. They will never change on this. They're never going to say that you know we can have heavenly mother. Yeah, and they're never going to say. Gays can get married can have in the temple. Marriage. They're mm-hmm. never, they're never going to give us that. So why are we so surprised when it keeps happening over and over and over? Yeah, and it's almost like this thing. I think I said to you, I, I'm pissed off that I'm pissed off. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's like, why am I letting this? Why do me? I care so much? But you're still working through it because, yeah, because I'm like I told you, I've been exactly where you are. Yeah. Where I'm so mad. I'm like, why is this? Yeah, getting to me, and I would immediately think of when they say. People who've left the church can't leave it alone. <laughs> yeah, there is a lot of reasons that yeah, we can't leave it alone. I definitely can't leave it alone. We're hurt and we're yeah. angry, but it doesn't last forever. You yeah. will move past it. Like this conference, I didn't pay one bit of attention to it. Yeah. That was pretty much the first time that I haven't, I didn't get on social media. I didn't care. Yeah. I knew, I I pretty much knew what was, you know, we're always going to have the families are a man and a woman and no, nothing else. And, yes. you know, we can tolerate the gays, but they're not, <laughs> you know, they're not going to make it. And... And then now the Heavenly Mother thing is... Yeah, like, Heavenly Mother hasn't been brought up for a long time. Right. We live but in a motherless house. as women, we've gotten out of control. <laughs> oh, absolutely. We're just talking about you her seen, way too much. Have you seen the trend going on now of women wearing pants to church? I have. I have one in my neighborhood. She's really? very She's very outspoken about inclusion. And I mean, I, I just wow. love her. She'll, she'll email me sometimes or text yeah. me and... Um, she started wearing pants to church, and she'll take pictures of it. And there's this whole movement. I can't, I should find out. It's on Instagram, but it's interesting. One woman started it. Like, let's start wearing. Let's wear comfortable let's wear clothes. To to church. Church. And so the pants is what's I love happening. It. Yes. Well, I can't remember if I told you this, but I wore pants to my nephew's baptism a couple weeks ago. Oh, I don't know if you did. I don't know no. if I did. How um, was it? It was great. Yeah. I didn't even. I didn't feel one bit weird. Yeah. In fact, my daughter wore pants too. My nine-year-old. She wore the cutest little, you know, kind of a jumper, Mm -hmm. you know, where the pants and shirts are connected. Darling. It was dressy. We we weren't disrespectful at all. We weren't looking like scrounges or anything. Um, And I wore dress pants and well, Jesus Jesus probably judged your pants. (laughs) Because Jesus cares what we wear. Yeah. Jesus walked around in robes and sandals. Yeah. He had a beard. I mean, it's. He went completely against the LDS dress code. So oh, yeah. It's and so that's dumb. what cracks me up when the church says, well, Jesus didn't do that, so we're not going to. Right. Okay. We let's pick apl- and choose. Yeah. Let's apply that to everything right. in the church and then see how the church looks. I know. Because literally ridiculous. the church has no 
resemblance of anything Jesus taught. I'm sorry, but it's it just so doesn't. True. Yeah, don't yeah. be sorry. In it's fact, true. in many ways, it has the exact opposite of what Jesus taught. Yeah. It's like not even close. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's totally true. So anyway, so today we are going to talk about this kind of a, a big, huge part of our journeys out of the church has been trying to learn how to trust ourselves again. I think this is this is like the main component because yeah. you can't leave the church without listening to yourself. Ooh, yeah. And we're brought up being taught not to listen to ourselves Especially totally. as women, we're supposed to listen to the 100%. patriarchy, the leaders, the men, the Holy Ghost, mm-hmm. right? We're not... And we're they're just, all men. They're all men. We don't trust ourselves. Yes. Growing up, the Holy mm-hmm. Ghost to me was a male presence. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so That's what we were always taught. And the only woman we ever hear about is Eve. Right. And and she did the wrong thing. And we thing. talked about... Yeah, she was a shit show, right? Yeah. She did the exact wrong... She, I mean, that's yeah. our first story about a woman is exactly she disobeyed God. She disobeyed God, <laughs> and therefore yeah. women were, were taught to be afraid. Right. Yes. Um. There's uh, a scripture that from from seminary that we learned. Oh, the cunning plan of the evil one. Oh, the vainness and frailties and foolishness of men. When they are learned, they think they are wise. Mm -hmm. Okay. There are so many scriptures like this. The other ones like lean not unto thine own understanding. Yep. Like um, listen to God in in all ways, right? Well, it's, I mean, they throw it in all different ways. Doubt your doubts. Doubt your doubts. Which, Um, I mean, just, I mean, it's everywhere. Yeah. There's multiple primary songs. My favorite, Follow the Prophet. Mm -hmm. Don't go astray. It, I mean, if there was ever like a cult-like brainwashing song in the history of songs, that is it. Mm-hmm. Apps. Follow yep, I totally the agree. prophet. Mm-hmm. Follow. I mean, and it's just like repeating that phrase over and over and over again. Don't go astray. Yeah. And he knows the way. And speaking of the prophet, this is just a little side note. I think this is really interesting and I've been kind of following it and it's a little bit anecdotal. It may not be, you know, fact, but I, I believe it's probably true that there is kind of a competition that President Nelson always felt this competitive nature toward Gordon B. Hinckley, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Because Gordon B. Hinckley loved and embraced Mormon, they the butted, word Mormon. Yeah, they really butted heads on that. Yes, and Nelson didn't, right? Okay, well, he could not wait to become prophet so that he could undo what Gordon B. Hinckley did yes. with the whole Mormon thing, His right? wife has come out and said that. What's her name? Ooh. Wendy? Oh, that, that, he could, that there were things he couldn't she, wait to she do. She said That's he right. was just waiting to get the chance to change the name. <laughs> Well, here the, the, the couple of different funny things. After this last conference and the the temple announcements that he gave, he has now surpassed Hinckley in temple announcements, which I know was his goal. Right. I okay, I don't know that, but I swear, like that's what I believe. Mm-hmm. That was his goal to, was to surpass. We've him. never had a prophet announce more, more temples, temples being right. built. And Gordon B. Hinckley was known for the temple right. announcements because that was his big push, right? Yeah. Well, Nelson had to beat him on right. That. He's got an ego that is yes. obvious. Yeah. And yesterday in the church news, a big story about how now President Nelson is the oldest prophet I saw to that. ever lived. By one week, he's beat Gordon B. Hinckley. Make sure that's so published. It's all over. They I saw it on Facebook, that. man. Yeah. I saw it. it was I there. cracked up laughing at that because I just think the prophet is so. His ego is. I loved Gordon B. Hinckley. I did too. He had a he had a, 
a fun, caring light. Grandpa-like. Yes, just a cuddly, but Nelson is, he has a, he reminds me of the bad guy on Star Wars, the 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 really oh. old guy. That, oh. Do you know what I mean? That yeah, wears yeah, the yeah. robes the and his face is saggy and he Ooh. just looks evil. He reminds me of Mr. Burns. Yes. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Simpsons. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, when, now when I hear that Follow the Prophet song, I just picture Rusty up there and like it's just well we we are we are worshiping yes this man hero worship we worship the prophet more than and they've set it up that way the songs we sing what's the the sacrament song um praise to the man oh praise we are we are we are worshiping a man more than we are jesus oh yeah the prophet we put those apostles like high up on a pedestal Mm -hmm. they are the end all be all and Mm -hmm. And they've been putting women, all we've ever known is we sit outside the room that they oh, meet yeah. in. Oh, like yeah. sometimes they'll let us join in on a conference on the outskirts. Women are always on the outskirts. Uh-huh. We're never allowed to be fully apart. Front and center, yeah. right in the middle. Oh, I thought it was so funny that in general conference, it was a huge deal that a woman was conducting the women's session. Mm-hmm. And it's like... But the men are still there and they immediately stand up and say, we're letting you, right. we're, we're letting you con- right. conduct here. Yeah, we're st- Just so we're you know, we're still here. in charge. <laughs> we're still here to make sure you don't fuck it up. <laughs> you stupid, <laughs> stupid women. Because you cannot do it yourself. we don't have the priesthood. We couldn't possibly be able to have a meeting without have a me- them. No. no. Can you imagine? But you know what that does is for the believing members, they're like, this is good church. Yes. See what they're doing? This is great. Yes. But Isn't it so exciting that you, women get to conduct? Right. When you really step back, it's like, this is pathetic. Yeah. I was I was actually going to say, at my nephew's baptism, they asked my mom to be a witness. And you would think that she had just gotten, like, won the lottery. Yeah. I, she was so happy. They'll let kids be a witness. <laughs> She was so. We've now allowed women, proud, and children to be witnesses at baptism. Yes, because women have eyes; they right. can see, too. Wow, who knew? It's so fascinating to me to see how like excited and proud she was to have that privilege. Right. And I'm sorry. I just think that's another way of putting women in their place. Mm-hmm. We're gonna give you this, you know. And I don't think she even realizes that. You know, she thinks that's such a gift, but. A man handed you that. They decided. They decided to give it to you when they were ready. Yeah. And there's still parameters around it that are controlled by men. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) So, yeah. So, sorry, we kind of got off topic. But, like, that's that's a huge part of my coming out of the church was, number one, I love that you said that, that in order for us to leave, we had to decide to trust ourselves. It was the first time. And to listen to our own knowing, right? So I actually have one other example of a time when I trusted myself and listened to myself. So I wanted to tell this story because this is my earliest memory of actually recognizing that I was able to make my own choice. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when I was on my mission and I decided I wanted to come home, I prayed about it and I felt like that is what I wanted to do. And whatever my motives were, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, I mean, some of some of it was just, I I thought that it would be easier to come home and get married. And it right. was incredibly hard on my mission, right? But also, like, I knew that 
I knew that I wanted to marry my husband. Right. Right. And I knew I felt really good about that decision. Okay. And when my dad found out about this, he marched straight to the temple and, uh, you know, spent some time in the temple praying about it. And then he called me and he said, I went to the temple today and I received an answer that you are not supposed to come home and get married. I didn't know that. Yes. He told me this and, mm-hmm. and he made it sound like this is revelation. Right. And you are not supposed to come home. And you got to trust him because he's the priesthood holder over your own self. He's my patriarch. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was devastated. Yes. I'm not going to lie. Like I respected my dad. Sure. I trusted my dad. I had always listened to my dad and I had been taught that he was the person over me. Right. My priesthood leader. He would receive revelation specifically for you. Yes. For his children. Yeah. Yes. So I didn't say a lot to my dad. I I thanked him. Um, I was sad. I was confused. I was a lot of things. And I just said, okay, you know, thanks for that and I'm going to think some more about it and hung up the phone and I just bawled. Mm-hmm. I bawled and bawled and I called my my mission president because when him and I had had the conversation and he was like he was supportive. He was very supportive. Yeah. And I was so happy and so relieved and I felt this giant weight lifted off me and like yes, he's listening to me. He's he's like trusting me. Right. And and then this just like dashed all my hopes to pieces. So I called my mission president and I said, hey, this is what happened. This is what my dad says. And my mission president stopped me and he said, you have the right to your own personal revelation. Did you know that? Because you can listen to your own self. You don't, your dad isn't the one marrying this person. And your dad... Although he is a priesthood holder and a patriarch Mm -hmm. for you, you have the right to receive your own personal revelation. And that was like groundbreaking to me. I had never in my life considered that my personal revelation could take precedence over what my dad said. Right. So when he said that to me, it sounds silly, but that was life changing. Right. And I've never forgotten that. Something clicked in me. That I was like, really? Yeah. Holy shit. I can listen to my own yeah, self? For a minute, you're devastated thinking, I oh, yeah. gotta stay now. Yeah. I don't I want should to. listen to my dad because yeah. that's the right thing to do. And so I called my dad back and I told him that. And his reaction was? Well, you know, it's your he's choice, probably I disappointed. Guess. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was disappointed. Yeah. I think he dealt with it as best he could. Yeah. He, he was never, like, rude. He didn't, you know disown me or anything he just said well I you know I think it's a mistake but right I, I love it they leave these oh yeah these heavyweight words yeah yeah on, on you you're making a mistake, a mistake but you know yeah so so I've never forgotten that story mm-hmm. and I and I've shared it so many times with like my young women when I was in the young mm-hmm. women's presidency and teaching classes I would share that all the time because I wanted to teach the girls that they could listen to their own hearts. Yeah, I don't remember ever learning that. Mm-mm. No, I mean, no. you could receive personal revelation, but only if it aligned with <laughs> yes. what the prophet said, what the scripture said, what what we're telling yeah. you to. Only if it aligns, right? Right. Because if it's different than what somebody you're doing else it says, wrong. then like, you're doing it wrong. That really you got the wrong screwed answer. me up. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, 
that's one example. Now, did that, you know, change everything in my life? No, not necessarily. Um, because I still totally bought into the idea of listening to the prophet right. and doing what they said. And I still subverted my own knowing many yes. times, many, many times for what, you know, the leadership of the church said. Right. But in that one small way, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I think that's the best decision I ever made. Obviously, mm-hmm. to marry my husband who, you know, that's the best decision I've ever made. Right. So I'm pretty proud of the fact that I did listen to my own self in that case. I didn't always do that with And anything. how old were you then? I was 21. So 21 and that's your that's your first conscious memory of making listening to your inner self. Oh yeah. Like why? Totally. So my my wondering is how do you help someone listen to themselves? Like it's not if I had come to you a few years ago and said Listen, the church is crap. I need mm. you to read all this stuff. Mm. Um, I'm I'm leaving. This is, you know, if I had presented you with all of that while you were still fully in, I think that would have been very difficult mm-hmm. for you to listen. I think you would try to maintain a relationship, but I think that there would be some walls that go up to protect yourself totally. from what I'm saying. Totally. Right? Yes. Um, it would have been the same for me. Like you, you, there's no straight path to do this. There's no checklist exactly yeah. on how to listen to yourself when you've been taught your whole life that you are, you, you should not listen to yourself, that you need to. And why do we do that as, as women? I think we do that because we are so attuned to please people. We want yes. to please people. How is this going to make me look? How will people feel about this decision? Mm-hmm. When I didn't get married in the temple, that was mm-hmm. huge. Mm. I felt such guilt and shame at what I was, you know, my, making my, I knew what my family thought. What, you know, I, I knew what that meant. And mm-hmm. I still moved forward and held on to that guilt and shame for years and years and years. Yeah. So I know why we do it. We're, we're, yeah. we're taught to be pleasers. Yes. Yes. And I are, we're worrying, what does my mom think of this decision? What totally. will my... What will my neighbor think? What's my, you know, totally. what is this going to look like? Yeah. What, is, what are people going to perceive? Totally. That's a lot of pressure. Absolutely. It's a lot, a lot, a lot of pressure. Yeah. There's this thing about like not disappointing people. Right. And it keeps us in our place. Yeah. And makes it so much harder to. So I'm wondering yeah. like, what is the, what is the catalyst that finally pushed us to, to finally like really listen to ourselves and say, this is not, this is not good for me. This is not working for me. Yeah. I need to examine further and I'm going to give myself permission to ask some questions and research a little bit. I, I think for me, there was a few small steps. So I think my husband leaving the church Mm -hmm. and then seeing that he was still himself and that he was still a good person that planted a seed in my mind that said, maybe what I've been taught isn't 100% true. Me too. I watched him right? leave yeah. and he didn't explode. Yeah. Your marriage didn't implode. Like yeah. there, everything, seemed, and I was watching for years. Yeah. And that wasn't necessarily that I decided to trust myself, or at least that wasn't a conscious thing. It was, it was distrusting first mm-hmm. what I had originally put as my authority figure, mm-hmm. right? It was distrusting that. So like there were little cracks in in 
the foundation of like the patriarchy and listening to Mm -hmm. those men. Right. And then the next one was my daughter. Right. And I, it was like, I knew that they were wrong then. Mm-hmm. I knew that they were. So it's almost like there, there's there's something catastrophic that hits yes. your world yes. that has to kind of knock you yes. off that, that plane of thinking. Yes, because I think that had to happen in yeah. order for me to leave. Because I had to have a crack. I had to have a question. Mm-hmm. I had to have like a, a just, real deep yes. need to know yeah. like what And is, to say that they could be wrong. Right. Yes. yes. So that question up, to ask a question. Yes. Is this really. Yeah. Open up the door to recognizing that it's possible mm-hmm. that they could not be right. Yeah. And then when I recognize that, then then it goes further. Right. Then you're like, no, they're definitely not yeah. right. And then if they're not right about this, they're not right about that. Mm-hmm. You know. And then it it's just a domino. Everything just starts falling apart. Yeah. Right? I think I think that might be the key to a faith crisis or transition mm-hmm. is something really rocking your your core beliefs. Yeah. Something making you stop and question what you've been taught mm-hmm. and whether it's right. And mine was families are forever, to, you know, forever. But then my son wanted to leave the church and all this stuff and it was blowing up my life. And so I really had to question, well, I, my, I just, my family's fucked up, so mm-hmm. we're not going to be together forever. So what, what the hell's the point? That's mm-hmm. what opened it up for me. So yeah. Yeah, you almost need an event. Step. Yes, yes. You need an event. Yeah. And I kind of want to go back to um, the idea of where where this comes from to begin with, like where the distrust of our own selves mm-hmm. comes from. And I mean, we talked a little bit about it, like learning the the the, the scriptures and the songs and the teachings of like being submissive like a child mm-hmm. and, you know, trusting the prophet mm-hmm. and their words and stuff. And it, it, this part in, so untamed, love it. We've talked about it, right? Love it, love it, love it. It was, it was a huge thing because it's literally all, the entire book is about listening to your own Mm -hmm. knowing, right? Yeah. And she talks about, she talks about the Adam and Eve story, actually. She says, she says, the lesson of Adam and Eve, the first formative story I was told about God and a woman was this. When a woman wants more, she defies God, mm-hmm. betrays her partner, curses her family, and destroys the world. Yep. So I love that. She says... Not dramatic at all. I know, right? <laughs> she says, we were not born distrusting and fearing ourselves. That was part of our taming. We were taught to believe that who we are in our natural state is bad and dangerous. They convinced us to be afraid of ourselves. Yeah, that's totally true. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that was ever wrong with me was my belief that there was something wrong with me. Right. (laughs) I love that. She said, I quit spending my life trying to control myself and began to trust myself. We only control what we don't trust. Mm -hmm. I loved that because isn't that so true? Like when something feels like it's it's not what we want, we try to control it. Right. And control, Brene Brown says, control is the opposite of love. Yes. Right? I think that's what she says. This is what she says right here. And I I don't know if Brene Brown says it too, but she says, we only control what we don't trust. We can either control ourselves or love ourselves, but we can't do both. Love is the opposite of control. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I think Brene Brown said that too. Yeah. Love demands trust. I, and then she says, I trust myself to have my own back. So my allegiance is to the voice within. 
Uh, I'll disappoint everyone else before I'll disappoint myself. Me and myself, we are till death do us part. I love it. I loved that so much. So reading this book was so, so impactful for me because it was the first time that I. It's giving you permission. Yeah. I just. Like, it's okay. You can do this. Yeah. It, it really was one of the first times that I ever actually voiced. I, I had little moments where, like I said, like with my husband where I was like, maybe they're wrong about people who leave mm-hmm. the church, you know, maybe my thoughts are wrong about this. But this was the first time that I was like, oh my God, I, I know within myself what's right. I just right. need to listen to myself. I know, isn't it? It's like shocking. Yeah, it is shocking and when it's, you've been taught it, otherwise. It doesn't mean you're going to have all the answers. You're going to get it right every time. Right. But man, it's powerful to know that you are capable uh-huh. of listening to yourself and making decisions and choices. Uh-huh. You don't You don't have to surround yourself with other people that say, yes, that's okay or no, it's okay. You don't need everyone's opinions. Totally. Yeah. Don't or, don't or, do that or, so um, much. Permission. Their permission, the permission, their blessing, yes. their their acceptance of what yeah. you're doing. Like we have been conditioned so uh-huh. much to do that. As since, since a little girl, like mm-hmm. you're you're supposed to grow up, get married, and, and have babies. Mm-hmm. That's supposed to fulfill you. Mm-hmm. And if you choose something else, there's gonna be some consequences. People are going that's there's some shame in that. If you decide Absolutely. not to have kids and have a career, yep. there's gonna be some fallback. Yeah. But if you have kids and you and you're not fulfilled with being a stay-at-home mom, I mean, it's like yeah, we can't win. And that when you're not fulfilled, do you think something's wrong with you? Yes, yes. Because what you're have not I done feeling wrong? what they say enough. you're yes. supposed to feel. You want to try to yes, yeah. You got to control your feelings and yeah. There's so much fear. I was talking to my sister, my not my sister, my daughter, the other day about this, and she said when when she first decided to leave the church that there was fear about making decisions. Because before that, it was like she always knew just do what just do what the brethren say to do. There's a checklist. You know exactly what to do. That's mm-hmm. why the church is a safe place mm-hmm. to it's for a, a lot you of feel people. Safe. You know, okay, if I do this and this and this, I'm going to be happy. Mm-hmm. So and I then, can totally see that. Yeah, and then suddenly, when the whole world's open to you to do whatever you want, I mean, in some ways, that can feel really liberating. But it can also feel scary, scary mm-hmm. because you're like, well, now I don't have a map. I don't right. have a roadmap of exactly which turn I'm, I'm supposed to take. Am I going to mess this up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. M- this being your life. Yes. Yeah. And and I think I've had to tell my girls so many times, you know what? There's not one right and one wrong mm-hmm. answer. Yeah. Just like listen to what your heart tells you. Right. And, yeah. and I think it takes practice, right? Because yes. we haven't had it our whole lives. Right. We haven't done that. We've mm-hmm. listened to the spirit, mm-hmm. which always aligns with what the church has taught us, right? Like that's yeah. that's what we know the spirit to be. It's like it only it only testifies of truth. So yes. if your idea in your heart feels is different than that, mm-hmm. then you're wrong. So I always just listened to that. Like yes. choose God, choose the gospel, choose you whatever. You can never they, go wrong. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I think in some ways you get paralyzed over making decisions. Well, sure, because if you if you're always choosing what the church says, what supposedly what God says, then mm-hmm. you're choosing the church over your gay child. Totally, you're choosing the church over you know a, a multitude of things that over your own self. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that has helped me a lot because I think this is a process that we have to. We have to work on because mm-hmm. we have not, we have abandoned ourselves. It's, it's exercise for our, sure. Yeah. Our whole lives, we have, 
Well, I mean, one example is when the 2015 policy came out. I knew that felt wrong, Mm -hmm. but I said to myself, well, they must know something that I don't know. And I... I put my trust in the leaders. My of the favorite church. line is, "Oh, it's all going to work out. Yeah. It'll all work out in the end. Oh. I don't need to worry about this now. It'll work out in the end." That's yeah. my favorite thing that I was fed mm-hmm. growing up. Yep. And and I think that uh, you think that I must not understand God's right. plan well enough. If I don't feel good about something, I you know I must I must it must be me. It's I not need, them that are wrong. If I worked harder, read my scriptures more, prayed more, did you know mm-hmm. knew the gospel better, I would understand this. But I but I'm not you know I'm not I'm clearly not doing enough, so I don't understand it. Right. And one of the things I was thinking about is I don't know if this is true for you, but definitely true for me. Did I ever just sit with it and like listen? to myself, listen to my inner knowing, like tap into that. How would you, I never, how would you even know what to, how to do that? No, right. We weren't ever taught that. No. Right. And I think it was always that it was like this mental gymnastics to like skip over that Yes. or to, um, just dismiss whatever thoughts we had, right. Thought stopping techniques. Well, cognitive dissonance dissonance Mm -hmm. sets in, right. Where you're like, this doesn't feel right, but the church is always right. So I just, ha- it's like you said, you skip over it quickly uh-huh. because it's uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we never just, we never listen to our body, our intuition, to our gut, to our, you know, inner knowing. So, so yeah, it is a process of learning it. And uh, there's a thing in Braving the Wilderness from Brene Brown where she talks about the seven ingredients of trust. And I think, you know, when you hear that, you think, your at least my initial thought is, you know, learning how to trust somebody else. Mm-hmm. But this applies to trusting our own selves mm-hmm. just as much as anyone else, right? It can be it can be applied in both ways. But so I wanted to go over these um, these seven ingredients. So the first one is boundaries, right? That seems to be kind of a buzzword lately, right? right? Like let's set boundaries. Let's set boundaries. But I'm going to read this part from the book. It says, I know what's okay with me and what's not okay. And I communicate that with you. If we can set and keep boundaries, we start to feel more safe with ourselves. Have your own back. And that makes you trust yourself more when you show up and keep yourself safe. So we have to communicate our boundaries. And part of of learning how to trust ourselves, yes, you can set boundaries with other people. But when you... When you do that and when you require other people to respect your boundaries, you increase your trust for your own self. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yes. It's like you're having your own back. Right. When you you're have- standing up for yourself. Yes, you're, you're standing, standing up I for yourself. I will tolerate certain right. things. Yeah. Right. There was there was a moment where I was, I was like having this come apart with my mom because every time I talked to my mom, I would get off the phone and I would be so pissed off Mm -hmm. because, you know, she said this or she said that and I didn't stand up for myself and I didn't do this. Right. And I was having a conversation with a friend who's super wise about this. And she said, you know what? You're not actually mad at your mom. You're mad at your own self Mm -hmm. for not having your own back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that makes sense. And that makes sense. And that's frustrating. She's like, I, she's like, I feel like it's shame coming mm-hmm. up in you for not. Mm-hmm. So you're not, not standing you're ang- up for yourself. Yeah, you're angry with yourself. For- yeah. 
Letting, because why would I be angry at my mom for doing the same thing she's always done? Right. Why would I expect anything different? Yeah. It's the same thing always. What I'm actually mad at is that I didn't stick up for my mm-hmm. own freaking self. Right. So the boundaries thing, I think, is it's very tough. It's hard for me. But if you can learn how to set and keep boundaries, setting boundaries isn't the hardest part. It's the keeping. keeping. It's the like requiring them to keep. But like... When you have your own back, you start to gain trust for yourself, right? right? And the other thing that I've noticed is that the people who are benefiting the most from you being a people pleaser uh, are the ones who are not going to like the boundaries. Mm-hmm. Those are the people who are going yeah. to step back from you mm-hmm. as soon as you start standing up for yourself. That's going to make them uncomfortable. Yeah. But I love that, that I don't know, just that phrase, having your own back. Mm-hmm. You can have your own back. I love that. So I have to remind myself that often. So the second one is reliability. And and this kind of goes with the first one of what I was saying is that if we don't show up for ourselves the way that we say we're going to show up for ourselves, like if we don't stick up for ourselves when we've set a boundary with our mom and we're having that conversation and we don't stick up for ourselves, that's, you know, you not being reliable to your own self. It's not going to feel good. And it's not going to feel good. So, so shame comes up with that. And she says, whenever you notice that you aren't being reliable with what you said you were going to do, get curious about why, what is holding you back? Why am I not showing up for myself? What is hijacking my plan? And I think that's a good question to get curious about. It's like, you got to do some work here. Mm -hmm. You got to do some work. You can't just, we're so used to just gliding by on, on following the, the, uh-huh. checklist that's been set up for us but this one you've got you've got to start from ground zero and you're starting to make your own checklist yeah, yeah. you got to figure it out and it's work and it's and it can be uncomfortable and hard yeah and <laughs> the thing about like constantly worrying about everyone else's feelings you constantly betray yourself mm-hmm. yes and it and it really becomes just such it's, a habit that you so, don't even know you're doing it's it. burnout man <sighs> it's just it's the fastest way to do it is Yep. So the third one is accountability. And she talks about, you know, we all we all do harm, even though we're all good people. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the accountability piece is being willing to uh, accept apologies and make apologies, give apologies uh, and to be gentle with ourselves. Be honest. We are not bad even when we do harm. Well, we're not always going to get it right. Exactly. Yeah. So you can either beat yourself up or you can really take that to heart, learn from it and try yeah. better next time. Right. And the accountability is is recognizing the harm, right? And making amends. Right. It's not shaming ourselves mm-hmm. and saying we're a bad person. Right. Right? It's not the repentance process we grew <gasps> up. Yeah. I don't with. believe in repentance. I don't either. I don't believe in sin. I don't believe that we we <laughs> this one poor man <laughs> sacrificed himself for all Can you imagine being a child and being this guy died for you? I yeah. mean, yes, that, I can imagine because I was I that know, child. right? <laughs> the, the impact that has on us, we don't even know the impact that has, but we are the cause of this man's death. Mm-hmm. Every mistake we made. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is that? Mm-hmm. That is, that is mm-hmm. really mentally messed up. Yep. Which is why, I mean, that's, that's such a good thing to bring up because this is literally, what, Good Friday? Isn't today Good Friday? I, I don't no know. idea. Easter's on Sunday. This whole Easter... Is kind of triggering uh-huh. to me right now. I agree. I'm having I'm having a serious problem with 
It is Good Friday. It's Good Passover. Friday. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Passover. So this is the day he, the, the Passover happened and, and he was crucified or whatever. Yeah. I, I, whatever. I don't even care. I, but that whole story is so messed up. Mm-hmm. It really is. And it's, it's so violent and it is. It's yeah. awful. He and bled it's codependent. From every, he bled from every pore and then mm-hmm. they nailed his hands to a, I mean, this is what we're taught mm-hmm. as early as I can remember. And we're supposed to try to ingest that. Yes. And feel the deepness of what that meant. Right. And how that felt. And you better be grateful and you mm-hmm. better do everything you can to make up for that. Mm-hmm. So, of course, whenever people talk about the atonement and Christ suffering, they cry. Yes. See, I always took that as that means it's true because you feel the spirit, Mm -hmm. right? That's feeling the spirit. No, that's feeling emotion Mm -hmm. about a tragedy. Yes. That you're responsible for. That you're responsible. That you didn't even know that you're responsible for. And every time you mess up. You didn't ask for this. Yeah. You're a drop of blood out of his pores. I just, the Gethsemane story. I mean, it's, it's awful. It's awful. It's awful. Yeah, I can't. If you celebrate really Easter. examine that, yeah, Easter is it's terrible. Well, Easter is all about me. he he. You know he's he's risen. risen. Mm-hmm. He overcame and yeah. yeah, yeah. I just don't know how I feel about any of that. Yeah. Well, I do know how I feel. I feel icky. Yeah, it's not a good feeling. Yeah. Okay, so we're on number four. Number four is the vault, and what she talks about here is keeping others' confidences. She says, don't bond with people over sharing juicy or vulnerable gossip. We are harming the trust levels in our relationships when we share intimate things with others. She also, and this is how it uh, connects to us, is that you don't have to disclose everything about yourself. Sometimes, she says, we share things as a way to self-protect or to put ourselves down so that Mm -hmm. others can't. Or we're only... We beat them to it. Yeah. We do an emotional dump. Yes. We vomit out all this in- information. I mean. Do- and when we think we're doing it for self-protection, I don't know. It is it is messed up. It's really weird, yeah. right? Because I have found myself so many times totally putting myself down. Right. Yes, yes, yes. To like almost as a way to make the other people around me feel, feel better. better. Yes, yes. That's so bizarre. It's kind of. It's kind of a sickness with, especially I think within the Mormon culture. I and especially too. with women. Women, men yeah. don't do that. I don't, I don't think, think they. Do. Well, not nearly as much. Not to the extent that women uh, do, right? Yeah. We we shrink. Oh my god. Yes. That's we're that's supposed to disappear, right? Yeah. The disappearing act. We Lose shrink yourself. and we disappear, and we we make sure that everyone knows that we're not perfect, mm-hmm. and and there, you know, all the things wrong with us, we're gonna like spill out and let everybody know about, right. so that they don't think. They, will they feel better about themselves? They'll feel better. Or they'll want to be our friend. I don't know. What is I don't that? know. It's it, so messed up. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the vault. And um, I think that's I think that's, that's something good stuff, though. I'm gonna have to really put some thought and I, work into I that. I love to give and get a little bit of juicy gossip. But <laughs> I usually I have learned to that there's certain people you do that you can trust and do that with. Yeah. And I think a little bit of that is is fine. Is fine. Yeah. 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 Um, but I understand. Mm-hmm. Like there's the concept. Th- yes. There's some consequences if you dump. Well, just and especially dump. when it comes to actual confidences, right? right? Yes. That's different than just sharing, you know, what you heard about right. you know, what's I, going on with somebody. And right? I think we all know the difference. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, how it relates to, you know, putting our own selves down and, and self-protecting, I thought was really interesting because I never would have thought of that. Okay, the next one is integrity. And uh, she talks about staying in alignment with your values. And uh, 
that, you know, when you have honest conversations and do difficult things, that builds trust. So uh, she says, stick with your values over doing what feels easy. Choose courage over comfort. Show up in vulnerable and courageous ways. So, yeah, I I think integrity is literally the reason why I left the church. Because yeah. my integrity would not allow me once you knew to lie about what I knew. Yeah. You can't keep going to church and pretending like everything's fine. I, uh, how do I you do that? It would destroy you. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not saying that people in the church don't have integrity. I'm no, saying. No, but once you have the information. Yeah. Most people, they don't have all the information. Right, right. I get what you're saying. Once you've learned some things and you have more information, mm-hmm. things change. And it's yeah. harder to sit there and show up. Yeah. I couldn't do it. And, and some people can. Some people can stay quiet and be mentally out and physically in. Maybe there's that something no that they're getting me. from it that they need. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Everyone has their own path out of the church. Some people have to stay or feel like they have to stay for their family Families, members, yeah. for their kids, for their for whatever yes. reason. There's a million reasons why people stay when they don't believe. But for me, I could not do it. When you said integrity, I immediately thought of the young women um, proclamation. And I thought this should be our new, these seven things should be our new. Instead of <laughs> our faith, values, divine yeah. nature, individual, individual worth. worth, integrity. Uh, it yeah. should be, yeah. Yeah, Add it should be these it. things. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Not all of that. Right. Number, Take those away and start fresh. I know, we really should. But integrity, I think that's always, that to me, integrity is like honesty, authenticity, realness. And I've never been able to be a fake person. That's just not mm-hmm. in my nature. So when I started having issues in the church, I started speaking up about mm-hmm. them. I know, and and actually, I'm really impressed by people who are able to keep it all in and keep it under wraps. Well, everyone, everyone's different. They're processing yeah. it differently. And I don't know how they do that. Yeah. But I am just like, I am I am a word vomiter. Right. I can't keep it in. I don't know what's wrong with me. There's nothing <laughs> Probably wrong nothing. with you. This is part right. of your process. Right. And you 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 want to you want to like help and save help. others. You're like maybe if I put this out there I can help mm-hmm. someone else, which yeah, is it's it happens. Yeah. You do. Yeah. You reach people. So yeah. yeah. So that's not that's it's not, not a bad, bad thing. thing. No. Right. Okay. So number 6 is non-judgment. Um she talks about, you know, allowing yourself to not be okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. We are all human. You have feelings and needs. You, here's the big one. I'm allowed to take up space. Mm-hmm. Uh, we build trust with, with ourselves when we can ask for the things that we need without judging ourselves. Yeah, the shrinking part. There is the shrinking that mm-hmm. comes up again. Because there are so many ways in which women, and this ties back to patriarchy and all of this, where we feel like we're not allowed to take up space mm-hmm. in the world. Like, how dare I think that I can have a voice and that I have anything important to say? Well, right? we're always, it's like we're always scooted to the outside. <laughs> we have to leave the room. We're, yeah. you know, we're squashed down. We're stepped on. We're, it's just, we're bypassed. Totally. So when that's all you see, that's all you learn. That's all you know. And I think our own self-judgment it oftentimes is worse than anybody else's mm-hmm. judgment. Absolutely. Our own self-judgment. Yeah. It can be the most toxic yeah. to us. So, and then the last one is generosity. And when she's talking about generosity, she's talking about assuming that everyone's doing the best they can. Mm-hmm. Generous assumptions. With what they, with what they with know. With what they know. Their, yeah. Mm-hmm. Assume the best of they others. They might not do it the way you would do it, but that's right. because they're coming from a different experience, a different place, a different, yes. Right. And also be generous with ourselves. Yeah. Create the most generous story about yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Allow yourself to make mistakes. 
learn from it and move forward. You will trust yourself more when you can allow yourself some generosity and uh, generous assumptions. And I think at that, that's, it's easier said than done, but absolutely. as women, we are, we can be so good at tearing each other down. Um, Oh man, mean girls, man, we can do it. I've, I've done it. Um, you know, there's times where I've been angry and mad and I've, you know, I strike out, um, just that I don't, you know, I don't feel good about later on, but obviously also you just need a couple of women. Yes. Men are great too, but you need a couple of women that love you, support you, cheer you on. Yes. If we all validate you. Yes. If we just all had one or two of these people that we could count on Mm -hmm. and we could be the same for them. Man, can you imagine what a difference it would make when we're not competing with each other, but we're, we're um, cheering each other on and helping each other. And we know that this is, you know, such a shit show. Let's try to get through it together. We're Mm -hmm. all in the mud. What a difference that would make. So that's totally. And that's why I, that's why I have you. Well, I mean, that's how you're I, my I know. person. Seriously. Yes. Right. Yes. Like, no. And that's how I feel about you. I yeah. just need, man, you, you just really need one person. If mm-hmm. you have more then you're blessed. Yes. You're yeah. lucky if you have more than right. that. But if you just have one, you just need one person mm-hmm. who is that you can count on to go to and complain and mm-hmm. be miserable with. And be your real yes. self. Yes. Without any be real, like, where you pretenses. don't have to do the, the pretend you don't have to yes so if you're looking for that person be that person like totally. try to be that person really from an authentic place not not wanting anything and right. you'll be surprised who you attract into your life yeah yeah i think that for me being authentic and real has attracted more realness well absolutely right? you get to Yes, you get to people's, they're not, we're not doing this fake small talk anymore. Yes. We're getting really deep and that's what we want. We want a deep connection with people. Mm -hmm. We're not going to have that with everyone, but you don't need it with everyone. You don't need it with everyone. Yeah. And it's a different connection than you will have with like your spouse. Right. I mean, that's a totally different thing. There's something about a connection from a woman to another woman that's Mm -hmm. real and honest that you you just can't find any other way. It's so fulfilling. Yes. And... I just, I think it's so important. Yeah. And I think that person can be the person who allows you to listen to your inner knowing and trust yourself. Because by sharing and, you know, learning from this other person, I I mean, I think that like we have been on this journey together, Mm -hmm. learning how to trust our own selves. Right. Right. Like, man, just walking out of the church together, Mm -hmm. you know, we kind of, you know, stepped out together. We, mm-hmm. the things we would say about, Oh, I, you know, <laughs> I don't, I remember yeah. some conversations we've had where I'm like, okay, she might be, but we yeah. were still so timid. Like I yeah, wouldn't we quite go there. Yeah. I wouldn't quite say that. Cause I was still scared and stuff. Do you remember when I asked you if you'd read the CS letter? And I'm like, <laughs> you're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, how have we not talked yeah. about this? I'm like, how could I tell you about yeah. that? Yeah. Like, I don't know how that, Oh, it was, yeah, it was rough for, for my bestest friend to yes. not know where I was. Yeah. To keep that. I was keeping yeah. that. And that was hard because I share like everything. Yeah. 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 So it was really hard to be like, um, I'm a drug addict. Oh, yeah. um, my life's falling apart Yeah, and I'm trying to keep everything looking pretty. Really? Yeah. I'm leaving the church, which is enormously heavy and nobody knows. 
it's so hard. Yeah. There's so much we keep we keep and hold in that's so heavy mm-hmm. that if we just find that one person that we can share it with to be mm-hmm. like, hey, it's okay. Yeah. This is heavy. Let's I've got your back. Right. Kind of thing. When yeah. we were finally able to open up about and get really real about mm-hmm. that stuff, it wasn't that just so like it's, it lifted the hugest weight. When you, yeah, when you have a person that you can like really be open and honest with about uh-huh. your deepest fears uh-huh. and worries and it's, well, I think it's healing initially, I probably pushed you back more in the closet, so to speak, because I was talking about all the fear and sadness I was having about my husband leaving right and I was digging my heels in and trying to like, like, um, double down on my beliefs, but and sharing that stuff with you was making you feel like you couldn't share that you were having doubts too a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Um, but I also was like trying to be reassuring, like he's going to be okay. Yes. And you did do this that. This is going to be fine. You were like, this isn't as big a deal as you're making right. it out to be. Well, I mean, you said it in a kind way. Right. But, I'm like, this is not the end. But I, yeah. yeah. It's interesting to go back to those thoughts because yeah. I had to be careful Yeah, what I said so that yeah. I didn't tip you off and you know what I mean we put these we have to be so careful what we yeah. say especially within the church if you're having doubts yes don't talk about it well and I, I feel sad about that you know that's that's something I wish could have been a little bit different even though like we eventually got to the place yes but I wish for your sake that but you didn't have to hold wouldn't it have been more. sad if I had actually Killed myself. And, oh my god! And you were like, "What the hell was going on?" I nobody knew I how can't bad agree. it was. Yeah. I mean, it's just like we got to get this out. Yeah. We got to be okay with it. We got to be able to talk about it. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's too. It's too much. Like drilled into us or whatever to numb, mm-hmm. to ignore. Yes. To just gloss over. Mm-hmm. To pretend. Control, control, control. We're we're gonna are we gonna have another episode about this? Like, are we gonna talk? Do you wanna talk further about that stuff? And I can edit Yeah, this maybe. Stuff out. Yeah. But like I I really want to if you're okay with it, I want to I want you to share more about that whole journey with me because yeah. that was life altering, shattering, changing. And I, it's almost like I can't even go to the place in my brain that thinks about what would have happened. Yeah, it was definitely I can't like even go a, st- a starting over point for sure. It was yeah. reset Like hitting time. rock bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Which so. I had to do. Yeah. It was either that or, you know, I just, yeah. there was, I didn't know, didn't see any other way out. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, we'll and I know there's do. lots of moms out there that are self-medicating. I know yeah. that there's so many of them that are just and trying don't to white-knuckle it. That just all comes from not listening mm-hmm. to ourselves, mm-hmm. from, like, being trained. You're making choices based on what uh, the patriarchy's telling you to do, <sighs> yeah. not what your heart's telling you to do. So Absolutely. I think that's been so, that's been. Uh, it's a lot of untangling. It really is. And that's why, I mean, I've said it a million times, but if you've not read Untamed, you have to read it. So good. It's everything. Yeah. She, there's, this is a group of questions that she asks. And I think it's so important to like kind of sit with these questions and listen to our own selves about it. But she says, 
Why do women feel find it honorable to dismiss ourselves? Uh, the uh, the descriptive words of being selfless and tireless, and you know these these things that these they are made out are to so be positive for women. Yeah. attributes when really we're sacrificing ourselves. And why? And it's not just ourselves; it trickles down. It like, really it does. Is it just, teaches our kids to do the same. And thing. we sacrifice. We sacrifice them in the name of serving others, but we're really doing it to put on a show. I mean, it's just like yeah. this awful. Yeah, what's toxic the actual reason? Cycle. Yeah. yeah. And it, is it to make ourselves like look good, like mm-hmm. we're perfect? I think some of it is. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, why do we decide that denying our longing is the responsible thing to do? Why do we believe that what will thrill and fulfill us will hurt our people? Mm-hmm. Why do we mistrust ourselves so completely? And it's because we've been told to. Yeah, that's all we know. I'm, that, that goes back to the Eve thing. The first story we hear about a woman listening to her own self ruins the whole world. Right. So we're supposed to mistrust everything about my, our my natural. My husband and I's favorite line we tease in the temple is, the woman made me do it. <laughs> the woman made me do it. I wouldn't have done it. She made me. Yeah. It's her fault. Yeah. Isn't that so funny in that in that scene where God is just like, what happened yeah. here? What are you doing? And he's like, she did it. It was he, her fault. He quickly throws her under the he bus. Totally yeah, so, so my husband's always saying, the woman made me do it. Oh, my it's her God. fault. That's hilarious. That's a good one. Yeah. So, of course, we feel That's that in the way. temple video. Yes. Yes, it is. And it's so disturbing, right? And what I could never, I could never figure out is if she hadn't done that, we wouldn't be here. So yeah. why was it such a terrible, that she disobeyed God, but that's the only way we, I mean, it's such I a know. contradiction. It's I don't It's a total understand. mind fuck. <laughs> it's like, I can't make sense of it. Like, was it good? Was it bad? Was it, yeah. What, what are we supposed to take from this? But what you take from it is it was bad. She disobeyed. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I still can't figure it out. It, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's on purpose. Yes, keep they you, want it to be that you, way. Yes, keep yeah. you guessing. Yeah. One other thing that Glennon Doyle talks about in Untamed is like going to church and like having the pastor teach these things that didn't feel right to her. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, I just resonated with it so much because she she's talking about how you know the men in the church they want you to believe and trust them and and trust God, but he, this pastor is not our connection to God, mm-hmm. she says. She's like, my my heart and mind were my connection to God. And if I shut those down, I'd be trusting the men who led this church instead of trusting God. I'd be relying on their understanding, of course. I mean, and then she goes on to say that God is inside of us. Mm-hmm. He's not He's not a man outside of us. We don't have to be in a certain building to right. find God or connect with God. Yeah. You can do it anywhere. Yeah, but that's definitely not what we're no, taught. No, no. If believe. you're not, you show up on Sunday at your church building and you go to the temple. That's where you find your mm-hmm. your connection. Mm-hmm. Yep, and and you have to do that in order to connect with God or to feel the Spirit. You have to go to church yeah. or the temple or I whatever. Think, I think that the key is wait for that thing that's going to rock your world and yeah. then get ready to get curious and ask questions mm-hmm. and be really honest and open with yourself. Yes. And if you can, find someone to talk to about it. And it's uncomfortable at first. Oh, it's so miserable. You're fighting it. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a process. But here we are, like, oh, our, our 40s, and we're just now figuring out how to listen to our own. Well, now being a few years out, it's like, mm-hmm. if 
why did I wait so like you, mm-hmm. like you can't second guess yourself but it's right. so glorious to feel a little bit of freedom and it's just you know I don't know it's yeah it's finally like a, a great place mm-hmm. to be yeah what's interesting is I can directly uh connect the feeling that I had with leaving my mission and marrying my husband and it's the same feeling when I left the church mm-hmm. and how I feel now mm-hmm. it's I don't know exactly how to describe it mm-hmm. other than a lightness a freeness maybe it's yourself telling you you got this right this yeah. one was, this was right yeah there's like, there's a not knowing. any pressure. There's a total knowing that like, mm-hmm. this 100%. is exactly mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to be doing. They need, we need a word for that. <sighs> I don't know what the word is. Yeah. yeah. But it is, it's, it's for the first time in my life, I am listening to myself yeah. and it feels better than anything I've ever done. Right. So. But yeah. man, it's not overnight. It's a process no. and it's work. And I still have to work on it. We, absolutely. In every decision I make and everything I do, I'm constantly bringing myself back to, okay, how do I feel about this? Mm-hmm. In fact, I mean, even th- this is such a dumb example, but like I got this invitation to go to my my dad's family reunion. So mm-hmm. it's my grandparents' 80th anniversary. Of course, they're both dead. Yeah. But so it's their 80th anniversary. Like a reunion. Yes. Yeah. And they're doing a great big reunion. And I am taking time to mm-hmm. sit with the thought and the idea and trying to decide if I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I haven't made the decision yet, but I want to do it for my own sake. Right. I'm not going to do it for anyone else. To please, to show to up, ple- to please someone. Yeah. Or, yeah. And, and so these are like the stupid little things in my life of mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to listen to my own inner knowing and I'm going to sit with this and decide whether this is what I want well, to do. It seems like you're these, this is like a childlike decision, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's where we're starting from. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. as early as we know, we, we were taught to not listen to ourselves. Yeah. And I keep reminding myself so, that I'm going to have my own back. Yeah. I'm going to only do this if I genuinely want to do this. I am not going to put myself in a situation where I feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. You know, or where, someone makes maybe tries to make you feel less yeah. than or bad about your decisions or your choices. Right. Everyone in my dad's family is fully, fully Active. in the church, yeah. and it could be a hostile situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't want to put myself in a place where I feel like I have to pretend to be something I'm not. Right. Where I ha- where I feel the judgment you don't want to on feel me. Defensive. You don't want to. F- yeah. Yeah. But also. I want to still be a part of my family. Mm-hmm. These are my people. Like, I love my cousins. Right. I, I have so many great memories. And, like, it's, it is, it's not an easy decision. Mm-hmm. It's like, do I want to hide from my family mm-hmm. and not be a part of things? Or do I want to be a part of things? And how do I, how do I show up? Because yeah, I want to show up real. Can you show up in a tank top? Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's a question. That's a question. The little things like that. Yeah. So, I'm really... I'm just really so proud of the fact that I've gotten to this place and that we're teaching our kids to listen to their own selves now, right? Seriously. Like, they get to start oh, from... I'm, I'm kind of jealous. I know. Me too. I'm super jealous because mm-hmm. they get they get to start at, you know, 8, 10, mm-hmm. 16, listening to their own selves. Right. They don't we just have figured it out years in their 40s, of ignoring. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, uh, it's 
It's great. It's, so. I mean, I, I say that sarcastically because <laughs> I'm a little bit mad that they have, they're going to have this, all these options and choices that they get to where it was already set up for us. We uh -huh. already knew that these are the things we're going to do. Uh -huh. This is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, of course I'm happy. Of course I'm yeah. glad that, that they get to do that. I yeah. just wish I would have had the opportunity. Wish we would have. Yeah. But we just have this one life, so we're gonna we're gonna live out mm -hmm. the rest of our lives doing exactly and only mm -hmm. what we well. I'm want trying, to do. trying. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's still, it's work in progress. It's still a work in progress, and that doesn't mean that life is always gonna be easy. And or yeah, simple. it's like you're not always gonna get it right. Right. But now, when we get it wrong, it's not the end of the world right. either. Like to me, it's like oh, just course correct. Yeah. Just make a new decision. Mm -hmm. It's just. A step towards another decision. Everything teaches you something. Yes. Well, if you're looking at it like that, yeah, it's yeah, it's all about your attitude and how you want to move forward. Yeah. And I think, but I think part of it, is you got to stay in that. You got to be angry for a little bit. Mm -hmm. You got to work through that. Well, you got to allow yourself any of the feelings that. You yes. Have. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And listen to them. I and mean, not that's push part them of the and process, and it's it takes as long as it takes. Mm -hmm. Everyone's different. Yeah, and that's tough for me. I have more feelings than I want to have. But there's nothing wrong with that. I know. Just examine those, work through them. Yeah. You don't want to stay there forever. Yeah. But I think you, you definitely have to feel some of that. Yeah. Feel it. What was the thing that Amy Logan taught us? She says, your feelings are like a time capsule. They will wait for you. Yes. <laughs> They will. They will still it's be like, there. Like the laundry and the dishes, they're not going anywhere. Yeah, they yeah. will wait for you, mm -hmm. and you will you will unearth them mm -hmm. at some point. Do it now. Get it over with. You know. I mean, yeah. Work get through, through it. Get mm -hmm. through it. Or not. So. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Well, we're we've gone on long enough. I think. That's <laughs> what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> It's always good. Oh, yeah. We always have plenty to say about yeah. this stuff. Get us but, going. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. And uh, if you are enjoying our podcast, we would love to have a donation. Uh, you can go to Mormon Discussions Podcast or also DissidentDaughters.org uh, and donate to our little podcast. We love it and appreciate it. And thanks for coming. And we'll be back. I don't know, next time. Yeah. Whenever Thanks that for is. listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when life allows. Yes. Whoa.